An unattended child left to their own devices is capable of a lot. For instance, young Doug fired up the TV, surfed cable until he found a cute movie starring a doll, and spent the next several years certain that any toy in his house would attempt to murder him. All thanks to someone at TNT who decided 4 p.m. on a Saturday was the ideal time to air Child's Play. A hallmark of terror lies in the absolutely befuddling nature of how perception changes from one moment to the next. When light becomes dark, a subtle but complete shift in a situation, or pondering what lies below the surface of the water. We don't have a choice. We will come face to face with fear in our lives. But how we learn from it, how we continue to move forward even in the certainty of it, those things can be in our control. Welcome to My Dad, I'm Dad, a podcast for anyone who's ever loved and lost and sought to make sense of those experiences. My name is Doug. Maxine is just south of a year old, so it's no surprise that many things frighten her. Her understanding of the world is constantly evolving, too, so some things that never bothered her are now harbingers of doom. Our dog, you know, barks at anything that passes the house. He really gets his whole body into it, too. He sounds mean as hell. Well, infant Max, she couldn't care less. Almost toddler Max crawls as fast as she can into my arms and hugs tight when he fires up. Now, she relaxes quick, but it shakes her up something fierce. And that's understandable. A new one popped up this week, though. The feel of grass. She was itty-bitty teeny-weeny last summer, so the warmth of the spring brought a whole new world to our doorstep as far as she's concerned. And the poor little one trembled like a leaf and clambered up into her mom's arms after being sat down in the lawn. It's not her fear that breaks my heart. It's the things she fears that I unintentionally expose her to. And lucky for Amanda and I, these are all mild things at the moment. It's not like I pulled a Gus Polinski and left her at a funeral parlor. But a whole wide world of potential Jeepers Creepers is out there. It's up to us to help her understand what to make of terrifying situations. I know it'll take a deft hand and years of reinforcement. And I say deft hand because I remember a time where Dad essentially body-slammed me into facing my worst fear. I don't have rose-colored glasses on when it comes to reminiscing about Dad. He, just like all of us, had his faults. As I've insinuated thus far, though, the man lived big and loud, so his faults tended to be big and loud, too. So I tell you this story for the same reason I've told all the others. It helps me gain perspective as a parent from a parent who can now only teach me when I think back. I don't love thinking about this story, but it's important for me to remember. Now, I need to start this story off by acknowledging that I love Jaws. I have as long as I can remember. I can't recall the first time I watched it, but most of my love for the power of cinema could probably be traced back to it. I've always loved the score, the acting, the story of the film. But it also made me certain that any body of water was definitely home to a murderous shark. This included lakes, drainage runoffs, and showers. That's not a joke. As I progressed in age, my fears of the unsalted and shallow water ebbed, but the fear of sharks 
or one in particular, remained. You ever ride the Jaws ride at Universal? I have, and I loved it. (laughs) Pretty sure it doubled the shark fear, though. And Dad, well, he knew this, and he was determined to help me conquer it by whatever means necessary. Let's back up a bit. My dad spent a lot of his youth visiting an aunt on the East Coast, right along the border of Delaware and Maryland. The ocean was kind of a second home to him. He didn't just love to fish. He also loved to bodyboard and cruise the boardwalk. And he couldn't wait to share that love with us. I couldn't tell you how he got me from the beach into the waves for the first time, but he did. I was still fearful, but bodyboarding with the whole family seemed safe enough so long as we didn't venture into too deep a water. I figured, Jaws never took down a whole family, right? So we spent many summers visiting Aunt Kay, crabbing, fishing, swimming, and having a damn blast. I think I was 12 or 13 when my brother and I finally convinced Mom and Dad to let us go parasailing over one of the harbors. And I can't stress this enough. Shallow water? Fine. Deep water? That still petrified me. For whatever reason, though, I was totally fine being jerry-rigged to a kite and tethered to a boat over deep water. (laughs) Funny how the mind works, huh? I was beyond excited to get up there. But I noticed some parasailing companies would dip people in the water. Essentially, they let the line go slack enough for the people strapped to the sail to land gently in the water, and then they'd rev the engine of the boat and rapidly pull them back into the air. Exhilarating, no doubt. But I'd have let you drop me into a cobra nest sooner than let one square inch of my flesh come in contact with water more than six feet deep. Jaws was there. I just knew it. Now lucky for me, the crew manning the boat assured us that the wind conditions that day weren't going to allow for any dipping. Sick. Let's do this. Dad was stoked and he was hyping us up. Yeah, boys, you'll be flying high today. Then it was infectious. He had us all riled up. And my brother went first. I watched him climb into the air and hang out for roughly one minute before he got bored and decided to do some flips in the parasail harness. The crew of the boat, they were not okay with that. They asked Dad to holler up to him and see if he'd get him to stop. Dad tried but my brother misinterpreted the hollering and whistling as encouragement, so he continued his gyrating trapeze act. Ultimately, the people running the show decided to reel him in on account of the danger my brother was putting himself in that he was none the wiser to. Well, that... That calmed me even further. If they were that cautious, there was no way they were going to dip me. Not on a windy day. Up I went. When the water was well below me, I relaxed, took in the sights. This was living, man. This was bliss. This was the way the world was meant to be seen, the way birds saw it. Except, it couldn't be. The world was getting closer. Sure enough, I was headed for the water. Panic took hold. My blood went cold and screams erupted involuntarily from my throat. I knew the moment I went into that water, I was going to be savagely, mercilessly consumed. 
I screamed until my throat went numb. I cried as my feet hit the water, and I shook in terror while I waited for the line to go taut again. I know I was only in the water for a few moments, but it felt like eternity. A million emotions flooded my mind at the time, but as I raised back into the air, one and only one was at the forefront of my brain. Betrayal. How could this have happened? Unfortunately, my answer was plain to see. It was written on my dad's face. Dad had a unique smile for every occasion, but the one he wore that day was his I-told-you-so smile. I didn't care for that smile. But that day, I despised it. It turns out he'd been begging the guys in the boat to dip me so relentlessly that they finally told him the wind wasn't really that bad and a small dip likely wouldn't be a problem. To his credit, he told them about my shark fear, but he neglected to let them know that it was more of phobia. So the crew, they looked stricken. But Dad continued to look happy. In that moment, I swore I'd never speak to him again. Obviously, I broke that oath. I love my father. Always will. But that incident stuck with me for two reasons. One, I was so messed up by the whole thing that I don't recall a single moment from the rest of that day. That is not at all common for me. And two, Dad was driven. But he would drive himself into the ground if it meant achieving a goal. I'd go on to be reminded of that quality in Dad time and time again. I know he had the best of intentions that day. I'm sure he was thrilled to have worked up his own iteration of immersion therapy. Hell, I bet he hoped I'd land on the boat, hug him, and loudly proclaim that I was no longer afraid of sharks. But he knew damn well what was going to happen. And he did it anyway. We reconciled, eventually. I'm sure Mom had a lot to do with that, but I don't remember how it happened. From then on, though, he let me work through my fears all by myself. Unless I asked for his help. Mostly, I was just happy to know he was there, if and when I needed him. As I remember my father, I favor the good. The extraordinary, the bombastic, the comedic, the heartfelt... But those things can't alone paint the picture of a human being. You need the dark shades to make the colors pop. You dig? Dad wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. To be honest, he was equal parts hurricane, sunny day, tropical storm, spring equinox, heat lightning, and full moon. He wasn't perfect, but he did his best. And like any weather pattern, his movements helped me grow even if they were occasionally disruptive. Now, having said all that, I think Dad would be proud that I've learned from all facets of his character. So I think I'll aim to not toss Maxine into the metaphorical maw of whatever Jaws looks like for her. It's only a matter of time before a genuine terror manifests itself. And when that day comes, I'll be there to listen and help her feel safe. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of My Dad, I'm Dad. 
Hey, you got any stories? Or anything you'd like to say? Please reach out. You can contact me at mdidpodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook or Instagram at mdidpod. You can subscribe for more episodes weekly if you like what you hear. Thanks again to Andy Bird for the use of the music in this show. And finally, this week's Wally Wisdom was a bit of a bait and switch. I didn't know my dad was capable of feeling fear, until one day when I was watching a scary movie and he happened into the room. Quick as lightning, he simply said, Looks scary. And then he got the hell out of there. As it happens, he saw The Exorcist at a drive-in when it came out, and that was it for Dad. That flick haunted him for the rest of his days. Subsequently, he removed himself from anything remotely similar to it. Point is, you should never feel ashamed to abandon things that don't jive with you. Life's short. Do what you prefer, how you prefer, as often as possible. I'll see you next time, folks.